So when I, I was in high school, um, I had a I had the earliest curfew of all my friends, and that caused me no small amount of uh, upset. And was, and I forget what time it was. You know, it was Friday and Saturday nights, and I had to be home by like ten thirty or eleven. You know, it was something like that. And it was problematic just because I didn't like it, but secondly because. And I went. I lived here in St. Charles, but I went to school in Elgin at St. Ed's, and most of my friends were there and up, lived up there. And so, and without a car, they'd have to come down and pick me up, and then, then they'd somebody, you know, somebody had to take me back, and you know, and I would, I would complain, I'd be in the car with my friends, and I'd be just, you know, kind of down on my parents. Probably didn't say some nice things about them, and. Uh, how unfair it was, how unjust. And, uh, and one day, one night, as they were taking me back home, one of the guys in the car you know, kind of snapped at me. He said, you know, Deutsch, would you just shut up? So I'm tired of hearing about it. It's like, what? And he's like, at least you, he, goes, he said this, at least you have a curfew. My parents don't care what time I get home. And he was, sad about it. That was a whole different story, but it, it kind of stopped me and I like, wait, he, you know, he's right. Now, sometimes the Lord can sneak in and uh, just hit you right between the eyes. It's one of those moments, you know, and uh, I was really kind of ashamed of myself. And so when I got home, they dropped me off. I went in the house and my, my parents uh, were waiting up. They always waited up for us. Which is probably why we had uh, an early curfew. <laughs> it was a little trick of theirs. <laughs> and uh, I was about to go upstairs and I stopped and I said, Hey, um, uh, Mom and Dad, I, I, I want to apologize. I'm sorry. And I said, You know, I've been giving you a really bad time about this curfew business and uh, I want to apologize and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for that curfew. And uh, you know, they looked at me like some alien life force had taken over the body of their son, but, <laughs> and they didn't uh, uh, make my curfew any later after that either, but uh, <laughs> that was my little trick, didn't work. Uh, and. And so, you know, the thing is, you know, I was very prideful and the Lord gave me a dose of humility and I accepted it and it changed my relationship with my parents, right? It was good. It was a good thing. It's how the Lord works. And, and if we want to maybe talk about it a little bit in a different context, if we start with Naaman today, the Syrian, the, the, the outcast, the foreigner, the Gentile, the pagan, he's, uh, he's got leprosy. In, the, in that culture, it was terrible, terrible affliction. It was uncurable. And you know, your skin rotted off and things like that. It was terrible. And you had to be separated from your family. You couldn't go to the temple. You couldn't, couldn't have anything to do with anybody. And so you basically were dead. And it was also a shameful thing, you know, 
we all are very conscious of how we look and you know anything that might make us not look the way we want to look we get very shy and and we don't want to see people and so he's got that going on not only doesn't he have no but he, you know he can't be with his family he, you know he doesn't want to be because he looks so terrible and the and the thing is he was a big he was a big shot he was a king or whatever he was he was important in charge of things in an army and he's got this thing that he so he's imagine what that would be like and so he finally gets to a point in his life he's like you know what I can't do this anymore I need help I can't fix this I need somebody to help me fix this and he hears about Elijah and Alicia and he says you know I'll uh, I heard about this this guy he's gonna cure me so he's a he's an important person and he's gonna go to a, this Jewish prophet there's a, that's that's a like a downgrade for him and then Elisha sends this uh, slave girl uh, to him so think of that it's a it's a girl uh, it, and it's a uh, a slave right and and so that's in that Semitic world that was that was like the lowest of the low you couldn't get any lower than that so he has to deal with this person who is so below him and yet he he does it he puts his own importance aside and deals with this and and he gets this message you need to go bathe seven times in the Jordan and and then Jordan's this, this little tiny stream that runs to the desert in, in Israel and he's like what's wrong with the waters in my in my country the beautiful sparkling waters that run through Damascus and and so you can see he's he's like this pride wells up but he's like wait I don't care I'll do anything I'll take this message from this non-entity I'll do what she says and go wash in that little stream in Israel I need something I need help I can't do this anymore so I'll do I'll do anything and and he does and his skin is like made white and then he goes to Alicia and and just you know says thank you and I'll give you anything and so he's so excited and happy that he's I, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna rely on my own pride again and and so it was humility that brought him to that healing if he hadn't listened to that non-entity girl if he hadn't gone to the waters of Israel when he had those other ones he thought were better he never would have been healed and he never would have been in that place of Thanksgiving almost worship huh? with uh, there's no other God in the I will only worship God now so humility healing worship that's the theme now you go to today's reading the gospel what Jesus is doing he's uh, encountering these guys ten lepers and they, they cry out in a loud voice from a distance because they have to stay away from him because they're unclean remember they can't go to the temple they can't go to their families their wives their kids their jobs they got nothing and they have to stay away so their distance cry out in a loud voice Jesus have pity on us humility 
humility. And, and Jesus yells out, go show yourselves to the priests. They're not healed yet, but by acceding to his demand, without even being healed, they go. And on the way, they're healed. Okay? And they go to the temple, and they show themselves to the priests, because that was the law. If you had a leprosy and you were cured, you had to show yourself to the priest, and if he said you are okay, you could go back to your job, your wife, your family, go back to your life, go back to worship. So they go. But one of them comes back and prostrates himself at Jesus' feet, and... Return glorifying God in a loud voice. Everybody's yelling in this gospel. You know? And Jesus says, where are the other guys? Well, they went to the temple and they went back to their old lives. They got healed, but they just went back to the way it was. That's not what healing is given to us for. We get healed, not so we can go back to the way it was. We get healed so we can go to the way it's supposed to be. Like this guy gets it. He's not going to go back to the way life was. He's going to go to this new life where he has been healed, and now he worships. Humility, healing, worship. Same thing. Now, brothers and sisters, we're all lepers. Huh? Aren't we? Don't we, have all, don't we all have something going on in our life that we think if people really knew what was going on in my life, they wouldn't love me, they wouldn't want to be with me? Don't we have things that we're ashamed of? Don't we have things that we're struggling with? Don't we have things that we don't know how to fix and we've been beating our head against the wall for years and we, we're still at square one, we still don't know what to do, and it isn't getting any better? We're all ashamed of something. Right now, think about what it is in your life that you need to have healing uh, for. What do you need to be healed for? Stop and think for just a second. I need to be healed from this. All right. Cry out in a loud voice. Jesus, have pity on me. I don't know what to do. I can't do it. That's humility. And Jesus is going to heal you. Sometimes it might take a while. Remember, they didn't get healed right away. It was on the way that they got healed. In humility, ask Jesus to heal you. Now, go. And somewhere along the way, in his own day and time, he's going to heal you. It might not be in the way you expect, which is usually our problem. He's healing us over here, or we're looking to be healed over here. And meanwhile, he's saying, no, 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 this water over here. Humility, get on my page. And as soon as that happens, you're going to get healed. So on the way, we get healed. But not to go back to our old life as though nothing has changed. We have to come back to the new temple, the new priest, the new worship, to Jesus. And we have to worship, prostrate ourselves before him, and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. What is the Eucharist but thanksgiving? You all come in here and you put your, your lives and all the things that you're struggling with and you need to be healed for on that table back there. You bring it up here. Jesus takes it, turns it into himself. And in Thanksgiving, we offer that transformation 
to the Father. The Father accepts it, then gives it back to us as Jesus, and he comes into our life, into our bodies, and we are transformed, made like children again, new, uh, the new people, the new worship, the new church, the new faith uh, in Jesus Christ. Not to go back to our old lives. You came in here, and now you're going to go out in your lives. All that stuff is still out there, but you're changed. You can't go back to the way it was. You become different. That's why we have to go to Mass every week. We come in here, worship, humility, worship, you know, or humility, healing, worship, thanksgiving. Now, go in peace to love the Lord and serve one another. Go back out to the way our lives, to our old lives, but we're new, so everything else is different. Can't go back the way we came. You know? Now, they cried out in a loud voice. The only other place where that phrase is used, cried out in a loud voice, was Jesus on the cross on Calvary. And he cried out in a loud voice, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. That's what this is. It's mercy. It's, it's us realizing how prideful we are not to accept the healing, merciful love of Jesus and to go and praise and worship and thanksgiving so that our lives become an image of his love in the world, changing the world. We become instruments of his healing. It's our pride that keeps her from that. It's us saying, I can fix it. I can do it. I don't need anybody to help me. I don't need Jesus to, take, to change my life. I got this, and we don't. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He cries out in a loud voice. We cry out in a loud voice. Jesus, have pity on me. Forgive me. Heal me so that I can share that love and healing with others. Huh? St. Augustine said, uh, Jesus, you are the doctor and I am the patient. Jesus, I am the one who is sick and you are the only one who can cure me. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you, worship. Thank you for loving me and healing me. Never stop loving and healing me so that I can share that love and healing with others. Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, but just say the word and my soul shall be healed.